0: Inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today there are some person who become so great at speaking in front of a camera that can captivate and have a thousand of followers. And today we are going to talk with one of these individuals. Sim Land is an author, public speaker, online entrepreneur, and a high-performance coach. He creates content about biohacking, human optimization, and body-mind empowerment. During college, he studied anthropology and and started writing about increasing one's physical and mental potential on his blog simland.com. Hello, Sim.
1: Hello, hello, Oscar. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, quite phenomenal and, uh, yeah, very, really excited for this.
0: Awesome, excellent. Nice talking uh, with you. Please tell us, uh, I think it's the first time I'm going to talk with youtuber someone who has thousands of followers there and have this this special skills so please tell me a bit more about yourself and how you became the person you are today Hmm.
1: yeah like uh when i would have to go really back in time Mm -hmm. then uh i would say that uh, i first became like a writer before i became a youtuber Uh so like uh, during my college uh, I started writing on my blog, which is like seamland.com. And there I simply created articles about, uh, overall personal development, motivation, and also some like, uh, fitness, fitness experiments and, uh, things like that of how to, how, how can I increase like my both physical and mental performance? And, uh, yeah, like, uh, during that time, I was also composing a few of, of my own books namely on the topic of like nutrition and uh, general well-being and uh, yeah after after having gone through some trials and error in that and in that realm i then realized that uh, to kind of leverage my own potential and to reach a wider audience then i have to move into the space of being a youtuber and uh, creating videos and uh, even now i'm doing things like podcasting and public speaking and all those things so yeah it's been always a gradual process of uh, growing and uh, expanding my reach so yeah like the the topics that i usually cover are including uh, generally i call it like body mind empowerment mm-hmm. which is you know becoming the best version of yourself in uh, in your physical form and uh, your mental performance
0: Okay, excellent. So you started writing. So that was your your uh, the the very the very first way to to express your ideas, express yourself, and get uh, people uh, hearing your thought, right? So how many how many blog posts uh, you you have done uh, before changing towards, let's say, YouTube?
1: Wow. Well, well, uh, I had done my blog for about a year when i switched over to youtube so i would imagine that during that time i may have written maybe like um yeah at least like over 100 blog posts and articles and uh, i also wrote uh, in total about four books as well and uh, yeah it's it was a lot of writing so i had already had like plenty of material that sure. I, I could have uh, started off from youtube and uh yeah and on youtube on now we have like over 400 videos and uh, yeah it's it's a lot of content and uh i've been doing it like uh gradually and consistently all the time so yeah that's my full-time vocation at the moment
0: yeah i can see i, can, I have uh, have a look at your website and and i could see this uh how prolific you are so you really have a lot of lot of videos, you have a lot of uh, articles, and and I noticed also you are a podcaster, so you really have probably been doing a lot, uh, for spending a lot of time, I can imagine, spending a lot of time on that, so it's, it's great. So you told me that you also give speeches or talks, so if I ask you which one you enjoy the most now, being in front of video camera that you do very often, I believe that's the, one of the things that you do the most, at this at this moment or uh, compare that no being in front of the camera compared with being in front of an audience no, like uh, in front of you 50 person 100 or even more giving that, a talk so mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah like uh, th- those two things are quite similar but at the same time they're very different in in terms of that when you're when i am creating my youtube videos then uh, i usually have like a lot of more uh, a lot of more freedom in the sense of i control the entire editing process i control all of the uh vocabulary the pronunciation all of those things like, like i have several takes i can go through yes and basically the end product can be a lot more polished mm. and cleaner and it can come out like exactly the way i want it to be uh, but in in terms of public speaking then you you don't really have like a second chance exactly. <laughs> it's all like uh like borderline borderline a spontaneous and improvisation so <laughs> the thrilling aspect of you know what gets me more excited mm-hmm. then i would have to say that it's public speaking because it okay. is more challenging yeah. it is it's it gives it gives you like at least some form of you know the butterflies in your stomach yeah, some yeah. mild anxiety but at the same time the reward feeling of after you get it done is also more fulfilling and uh, i also like to think that a public speaker definitely has more power and more authority just because it is, you know, spot on. It's, it's more transparent, more authentic, and mm. you can't really hide behind editing and, uh, editing out all your ums and ahs and ahs and things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I do enjoy making the videos because, uh, they're, you know, they, they give me a lot of pleasure and it's almost like fun all the time getting, getting to mix together with different video clips and, uh, and uh, yeah pr- having like fun during the, the entire process but in terms of in terms of like uh production then my videos are all <laughs> the i've kind of reached the reached this stage where i'm doing videos on uh like as as a process of, of automation almost mm-hmm. like i'm doing i have like a certain set of uh, procedures and routines i follow that help me to be you know produce that much content and um uh, you know, of course, I do experiment and I do incorporate some creativity. But at the same time, like the videos for me at this moment are just of, you know, I know what I do. I know the topics I've uh, mastered, or not mastered, but, you know, I've cultivated a craft to a certain extent. And I can simply, you know, shoot out a bunch of content on videos. But with public speaking, it always has to be something like uh, it's going to be innovative almost all the time and uh, it's going to be different and uh, it's more challenging despite despite no matter how good you get because you know the crowds they always get bigger and uh, the people will always be different as well Even so places. i like both of them but uh, i feel like the public speaking is going to be more of a like a direction
0: yeah
1: where, where you you can actually have like a bigger impact on uh, other people
0: mm-hmm yeah, I, I like your, your, uh, what you say, but because you say that this is more challenging to, to speak in public uh, before an audience. And, and even though you, you prefer that to, to do in the videos, even though you, you do both. So yeah, pretty, pretty courageous from you. So <laughs> nice. So I will see you soon in one of your, on your talks. Yeah. Um, it's
1: like, it requires definitely like you have to put yourself on the line for sure. Like uh, public speaking is definitely one of the biggest fears people have and it requires more courage than simply doing videos. But at the same time, putting videos online is also another one of those things that most people, they would never do just because they're afraid of judgment, of criticism, and uh, they don't have like even the skills or the knowledge of how to do it uh, correctly. So yeah, both, both of them definitely require putting yourself on the line. And uh, holding your breath almost, <laughs> just so you wouldn't, you know, be you wouldn't be a uh, criticised <laughs> into the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned that when you when you give a talk, you have you are more prone to have these butterflies on the stomach. What about when you are shooting your videos? Do you still feel nervous sometimes when you're shooting your videos, or this is gone already at this point for you?
1: Uh, no, definitely. Like at the moment, I don't really get any butterflies yeah. or nervous at all when i'm doing the videos because like yeah like i said it's like a process for me and uh it's it's a routine that i've uh, cultivated and built this system initially i might have gotten some sort of you know at least at least this idea of okay what how this is going to be um, presented of how or or how the audience or the followers are gonna interpret what i'm saying it might have caused some you know at least uh, not, not worry, but angst in the sense of, okay, what am I actually saying? Is it, is it correct or, or, uh, or am I sh- simply, you know, doing something wrong? But after a while, it kind of goes away and, uh, you, you become, you become a pro, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, That's it. you develop the skills and you develop the confidence. But the same with public speaking as well. Um, you, I, I myself don't really get like anxious when I'm doing public speaking. You know, as soon as you hit the flow, as soon as you uh, start to feel comfortable on the stage, uh, then it uh, really is a really enjoyable process and uh, you kind of feel a lot of pleasure from doing it and you can kind of vibe with the audience. If if they start to give you some positive feedback, then the better you start to feel, the more, yeah. more uh, confidence you get and exactly. uh, you don't even feel any anxiety or something. The only thing might be that anticipation of uh the first first or the last moments before you step on stage they might be giving you some uh, hesitations but you know it's it's like another one of those skills that you know that okay although this i I am getting this sort of a mild uh, angst in my stomach it's still i know that uh, it's it's something that is natural and uh, i can completely control it because you can't you can't you know entirely predict whether or not you're going to get anxious, but you can entirely control how you're gonna respond and uh, what you're gonna do afterwards
0: yeah yeah, yeah, it's true even extremely uh experienced speakers guys who do it very often, they have these feelings before no, and when they enter to the stage, well, it gradually disappears and it's gone
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, yes, yeah, it's true.
0: So tell me now, uh, if we focus a bit on your experience as a YouTuber being in front of the video, what what do you say on your experience and also seeing other guys being successful like you, what are the main skills that make a successful YouTuber? What would you say?
1: Hmm. Uh, well, being uh, or making YouTube videos, that it definitely requires many skills. And uh, being a YouTuber isn't necessarily only... A profession that is like being a YouTuber it involves you have to be a good uh, communicator you have to be a good presenter you have to be you have to have some charismatic charismatic skills you have to have some uniqueness in your personality and definitely the practical side requires definitely a lot of you know editing skills uh overall understanding like uh, how does the YouTube algorithm works overall like the SEO, the, the keywords, the tags, the descriptions, uh, how do you create thumbnails, it requires creativity, <laughs> you know, uh, and also like you have to understand the psychology of humans, like mm. what makes people want to watch a video, what makes them click, and uh, how can you make them uh, want to subscribe so that they would, you know, become uh, more prone to watch the f- same videos in the future. And of course, uh, if you want to make it uh, like a sustainable income for yourself or, uh, you know, a profession, yes. then you also have to understand business, marketing and, uh, communication skills again and, uh, sales. So things like that. So it, the YouTube itself shouldn't be your primary focus as a, you know, like I'm a, I'm a fully YouTuber and that's what I do. You also have to, you know, ensure that uh, it's not going to be your only source of income or it's not going to be mm-hmm. the only platform you have. Yes, yes. You, you have to kind of spread yourself out. You have to have like presence on the other social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook. And of course you want to have your own uh, uh, own uh, landlord, so to say your own website and mm-hmm. uh, definitely spread out. YouTube should be j- simply like a way of uh, creating or directing the audience into your backend where you kind of um, develop a deeper relationship with them
0: Mm -hmm. yes so you mentioned the core the communication and presentation skills um, uh, being charismatic you also mentioned the the marketing side now you have to be able to um, to convince convince people to to do to click to share to uh, to like to subscribe and you also mentioned the, well, the sales, the pers, it's, it's a lot of persuasion, actually. You no? <laughs> you have to learn about the, uh, these technicalities of marketing, online marketing. But overall, in many of the aspects is about uh, persuasion. And how is, you say that, and I agree with that. I heard, I heard the same from other, um, experts who, who are really successful in online that, uh, YouTube or podcast ca- ca- is, uh, is just one channel, one of your channels that you have to okay to to move your business. Now you mentioned that you bring your uh, your followers to your website. What what are the types of let's say call to action or how you sell from from there? From so, so at the end of the the YouTube videos you have what is usually the the call the typical call to action? How do what do you do there?
1: Uh, well uh when it comes to youtube then my main purpose mm-hmm. with the youtube is to keep the people on youtube primarily because okay. youtube is a, is is like a social network and their purpose is to have as many vol- followers yes. on their platform and they actually punish your videos if you you know direct people off from youtube they're going to lower your search rank and they're not going to okay. suggest it that much so yeah uh, whenever I'm making YouTube videos, then I want to make them watch the next video yes. and uh, to get them <laughs> subscribed and to, you know, spread the message that way. So the, you know, it's the, the link is that or the chain of action would be that, okay, you're going to watch this video. That's going to spark some interest for another topic that I mentioned in that particular video. And that's going to link to uh the same the the next video that is going to talk about that topic to, to kind of create this interest and curiosity for the individual and uh, of course in the video i want to make sure that the video is you know entertaining enough it's going to provide enough value entertainment education so that they would subscribe and uh, expect for the same videos in the future but uh, when it comes to uh getting people off youtube mm-hmm. then i would have to do it like in a way that isn't going to punish the YouTube algorithm or my 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 status with the YouTube algorithm. I will simply, you know, mention uh, mention some of the other platforms mm-hmm. without directly linking it, so yes. that people okay. would have to go and search for it themselves. Like for instance, yeah, I'm gonna uh, most of my podcast episodes are are on YouTube as well, but I also let them know that there's the audio version and they can find it on mm-hmm. iTunes and. Uh, the other other podcast platforms, so they can you know manually do it themselves, which is going to which is going to you know prevent uh, YouTube penalizing myself.
0: Mm-hmm. So what what is uh, punished penalized is putting links from your video to somewhere else. That's that's penalized by the YouTube.
1: Yeah, platform. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's th- 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 there's this thing called you know session time. That uh, YouTube is measuring, and uh, your your session, the the person's session time on YouTube starts when you know they click on the video, and YouTube is then measuring how much time are they spending uh, on your channel watching your videos, or how much uh, time are they spending on other videos directed from your videos. So it's an entire like very deep algorithm. But mm-hmm. the uh, the main idea is that as much as much you know, if if the person is spending more time on your videos then uh YouTube is going to promote that video and your channel to other people like that person who is watching that same kind of video. So they're kind of developing this algorithm. They're developing or trying to predict this uh, avatar of what kind of a person would like to watch your videos. And then they're going to promote it to those kinds of people based, based on their search behavior and uh, past history.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the best thing if you want to somehow direct to to your website or to your podcast is, is uh, saying that or saying yeah. the video, but not put in link. and
1: Yeah. And usually when I do, you know, I'm not in some videos, I may have like a direct link off mm-hmm. from YouTube just to direct the audience to some sort of an offer or some sort of a free freebie. But in that case, I'm simply, I'm acknowledging to myself that, okay, this is, uh, this is doing that. And it may, may not be that kind. It may not get that big of a boost. Uh, yeah. as as another with a video but yeah usually i'm doing it consciously and yeah. when i do direct them off then i usually leave them so to some sort of an offer whether that be like an ebook a free a free you know some sort of a giveaway or another maybe maybe they're going to support me on patreon or whatever it is
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> well, let's now discuss a bit one of your interests, your personal interests in the things that you, um, you share, you talk about on all your platforms that is about coaching. You know, you are a high performance coach. So how would you define coaching in, in, in simple terms? What is coaching?
1: Mm, well, coaching would be uh, teaching the person a new way of thinking and behaving mm-hmm. so it involves it involves kind of giving the it involves uh, transforming the person based on what they want to get so the, there is always like some sort of a purpose uh, for the coaching process uh, whether that be you know the person wants to lose weight the person wants to become more productive or they want to become a better public speaker uh, the the coach should always base the thing that they're going to teach the person based on the individual's goals. You know, like uh, a lot of times, you know, the coach may end up teaching something that the person didn't actually want. Mm, yeah. So that kind of defeats the purpose. So it always has to be uh, aligned. It, there has to be a lot of communication from the, the trainees part who is going to communicate to the coach that, okay, this is what I want. These are the results. And the coach then has to be good enough of a communicator to uh, explain to the person of what you need to do, what you need to do, and then uh, actually ensure that the, that that they're gonna do it. Because you know, a lot of coaches they tend to make the mistake of uh, they're gonna give out very uh, dogmatic information or some very strict uh, guidelines of, to the person of what they need to do. Okay, you need to do this. You need to yes. avoid these kinds of stuff, and and so on. But uh that may not work all the time because uh, many people they simply don't have maybe like this kind of a personality that is going to do whatever it takes the The coach has to ensure that uh, the trainee is going to accept the information and actually go through it so, uh, so the it it involves like uh taking this extreme ownership in a sense of uh being responsible for the entire process and mm, the journey. Yeah. And at the same time, the best, the best coaches are, uh, those coaches who, uh, who not necessarily, you know, push through the information and feed, feed, it, feed it to the person, but they also, um, open up new paradigms for the person and uh, yeah. teach them to think in a new way so that the person would adopt these new lifestyle habits and changes by themselves to make it more sustainable and, uh, uh, the ancient philosopher Socrates has a quote, I cannot teach them anything. I can only make them think. So that kind of yeah. goes back to the point of, uh, in order for the person to make like a huge transformation, then they need to go through a shift in their way of thinking. And if they change the thinking, then they may potentially change the behavior themselves. Mm-hmm, yes. And that's going to circumvent the aspect of resistance and, uh, and some sort of, Turmoil. The person is going to simply become a new person, and they're gonna adopt the change the desire.
0: Mm. So it's very important that the coach makes this person um, change the way of thinking some, somehow. That um, one thing I, I heard before is that also the concept of being being coachable. So it means that some people. Mm, can be coached can get results with coaches and others maybe not or what do you think coaching with will always get results or uh, there are some person who you cannot coach
1: yeah yeah like uh, there may be some people who are more stubborn <laughs> and uh, they are maybe more stuck in their habits or they have some sort of past traumas uh, but at the same time i think that if a person is you know if the coach thinks that the person is uncoachable, then uh, it actually says that the coach is a bad coach in the sense of you know the coach always has to ensure that their message gets gets to the other person and if they don't get it, then they simp- then the coach simply fails to explain the thing in a much more uh, clearer way. So it, it again goes back to the extreme ownership aspect where the coach or the leader has to be responsible for the acceptance of the message so yeah everyone can be coachable it just has the coach simply has to be more persuasive Mm. and uh, a better communicator
0: okay everybody can be coachable okay very good very interesting to hear your opinion on this because i yeah i had some i heard about this uh, being coachable or not being coachable okay interesting um I would like you one, one coming back to the videos. If you can give us some, what is your top piece of advice just to be good in front of a camera or be a, eloquent in, in videos? Just to be focused on that. If you have to be, for instance, not a YouTuber, but you are going to be interviewed in, in video and no situations, more practical situations, someone who is not going to be a YouTuber. What would you recommend to, to people who are going to be in front of a camera?
1: Hmm. Uh, Well, I think, like mm, in the in the example of giving interviews or being in front of a camera, then uh, the best advice would be to get out of your own head and to not focus on the aspect of on being recorded, Mm -hmm. on being in front of a camera, and uh, there's going to be like thousands of people who are going to watch it later. Because if that's going to create a lot of rigidity, and uh, you're going to become very stiff (laughs) in a sense that uh, you're going to think you're going to overthink and uh, you're going to ruminate over every word you say, you're going to get ang- anxious, you're going to freak out if you make mistakes and that's simply going to lead to a very uncomfortable and very uh, not, not, it's not going to create the end product that you desire. So the best idea would be to kind of free yourself and uh, to get out of your head and to simply focus on the interaction with the other person you're talking to or in the example of making like uh, videos yourself, than simply trying to uh, trying to think that okay, I'm gonna simply explain this this topic in this video to one single person, and I'm going to try to make it very understandable and clear for them, not this uh, thousands of people that you think you're ex- expecting to meet. So yeah, always kind of thinking that this is I'm in the moment, and I'm not going to project myself into the future and create some fear or create some anxiety from that. Simply let it, let, let yourself go and uh, try to express yourself without these filters and uh, without these barriers.
0: Mm-hmm. Sim, could you share with us what is your favorite quotation?
1: My favorite quote mm-hmm. is, uh, is from uh, Viktor Frankl who is, uh, who is the, one of the Holocaust survivors from Auschwitz, Auschwitz concentration camps. And he was a psychologist. And he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, where he described that you know, any, any person can survive any turmoil and any suffering if they find some sort of greater meaning behind it, if they have a bigger why. So that book is quite important, in my opinion, for describing the human experience and uh, being able to control your mindset so the qu- one of the quotes from that book it, it goes like, "Between stimulus and response, there's an empty space. in that empty space lies our cho- lies our opportunity to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and our freedom." So it kind of describes that there is always our opportunity to perceive. Uh, the events that happen to us in a different way and we can always choose Mm. how we how we perceive them and we can change our perception of those things and uh you know that that thing can be applied to whether doing public speaking making youtube videos or you know suffering at a concentration camp you know exercising or you know whatever challenge you might go through in life it's always a matter of perception and you don't have to suffer only your only your subjective perception of it can make you feel that you're suffering. If you kind of shift your mindset, then you can truly liberate yourself. And, um, and in so doing, you're going to feel, you're going to express your free will, in a sense.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a great quote. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inf- inspiring or influential for you?
1: Mm, well, I would have to say, again, that like, that, that, Viktor Frankl's book mm-hmm. is one of those books that I think every human being has to read. Just just to not only describe what happened at the concentration camps, mm-hmm. but also to open up the possibility and the power of your mind of, of showing you how much power and your mind actually has and you, that you can control your entire world and reality by doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Viktor Frankl, a man's search for meaning. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you would recommend us doing regularly? A routine to shine.
1: Hmm. Well, <clears throat> uh, when we're talking
0: <clears throat> uh,
1: about uh, public speaking and uh, presentation skills, then I think like it's definitely a good idea to uh, have these periods every day where you're practicing like free-flowing uh, presentation and speaking, because a lot of people they don't really talk yeah. for minutes upon minutes and uh, w- that's why they kind of suffer they don't get the skills for public speaking because they do talk maybe like with their friends but it's always like in a conversation manner and uh, back and forth and it's it doesn't last for any longer than like a few minutes mm-hmm. so getting the skill of being able to talk for even up to 10 to 15 minutes in a row without stopping and uh, not letting your own subconscious mind get in your way that's like an invaluable skill of knowing how to be more spontaneous how to present your ideas and uh to how to go deeper into your mind and you know dig out all those ideas that, uh, that are hidden there
0: so you for instance just at home spend 10 15 minutes non-stop talking something uh, eloquently
1: yeah it does it doesn't have to be like 10 minutes yeah but mm-hmm. you know 5 5 to 10 yeah. minutes simply to get the skill of uh you know <laughs> ranting over some sort of a topic whether that be on instagram or facebook or yeah. starting a, your, your own vlog channel whatever it is simply to develop the skill of uh, speaking and communication
0: mm-hmm. so let, uh, let the voice do some work not only your fingers no? <laughs> on the phone yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a it's a well, simple but very very useful i believe is uh, is very useful well thanks a lot sim very very interesting interview uh, all your all your story about becoming a YouTuber and also coach and podcaster and writer and many things. Uh, I like your your eloquence and all the things you have been telling us. Uh, Please tell us, finally, how we can learn more about you or follow you. What are the best ways?
1: Uh, Yeah, like my website is Seamland.com. There are some articles and uh, blog posts. And on my YouTube is uh, Seamland as well. And uh, my podcast is Body Mind Empowerment with Seam Lund. And uh, yeah, the topics I cover are, it, they include, you know, optimizing your physical and mental performance and health.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, Seam Land. I will just spell it because it's S I I M L A N D, you know, Seam Land. So that's how you can find him. Again, thanks a lot, Seam, for talking with us and all the best.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time...